Welcome into the Dubcast, Bo Bishop, Johnny Ginter, as always here, and this week a very special guest. And I'm not just saying it because he's on the Dubcast, I'm saying it because I've known him for a very long time. He's one of my favorite athletes that I covered, not just at Ohio State, but in all my years in covering sports, and that's John Diebler, uh, the, the home of the purest jump shot I've ever seen in person. Deebs, how are you, buddy? It's good I'm talking. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. I mean, it never even touches the rim, it doesn't seem, sir. I mean, it's just so wet, always. I wish it was like that. You know, sometimes sometimes it does, and I miss, you know. I, I miss, I've missed plenty of shots before, but you know what? Shoot or shoot, so that's what you got to keep doing. That's it, buddy. Hey, uh, you know, a lot of, lot of people, you know, when you, one thing about when you play at Ohio State, you're on this enormous stage, and then the next logical thing for most people in the basketball world is the NBA, and we keep in touch, and we see where you go. The other really great option is Europe, and that's where you've been for a while. Just kind of update the people on where you've been, the travels, and the teams, and what that experience has been like. Uh, you and your young bride, uh, Miss Kate, as you guys have uh, traversed Europe uh, chasing hoops. No, we've, uh, it's been great. We've been very blessed to, uh, to be able to have just finished uh, my fifth year professionally, and it was actually our five-year anniversary this summer, so... It's a big year for us, but uh, uh, we were in Greece our first year, right out of college. Because uh, you know, after I got drafted, they had the lockout. Was in Greece, and then actually have been in Turkey for the last four years. We were in Izmir, Turkey, for three straight years with the same team, and then this past year we were in Istanbul with another team in Turkey. So it's been uh, it's been good. We've been very very blessed, like I said, to uh, to live in some nice places and uh, meet a lot of different people. So we've we've enjoyed it. So I think then uh, probably the most pressing question that a lot of people who are listening to this might have is like, how are you doing? Uh, being that you've you've been in all that and there's been a lot going on, can you update like on your yeah, situation? No, no, it's um, it's definitely been uh, been kind of crazy. You know, I've had a lot of people reach out to us, uh, people that have known that we've been in Turkey, and actually I'm signed to go back to Turkey right now. So, yeah. Uh, it's been honestly like for us, it's. It's definitely been kind of it's kind of hit home for us just because everything that's been going on and even you know when we were there this past year there's been some things that happened but you know we were we never felt in danger or anything like that there's a lot of American players there foreigners there and you know we've got a lot of very good friends there but the 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 incident that happened in the airport was really kind of it was scary but it was just it was very sad for us because you know. Turkey's a place that we hold dear to our heart because we've been there for so long, and we were actually in the airport coming back to the United States a week before that <laughs> attack happened. And I mean, we live like less than 15 minutes away from that airport, and we travel through that airport. I've been through that hundreds of times in my four years there. So, you know, it's just it's very sad for the people who were there, and you know, the families who were affected by that, and. You know, it's just like I said, it's a place that we're very familiar with and we've got a lot of friends there and we definitely reached out to everybody who was there at the time to make sure they were okay. And then just the most recent incident is kind of, uh, <laughs> it's scary. I mean, that's, 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 yeah. that's scary wherever you are, no matter what country it's in. And um, so again, we're just really reaching out to our friends who've, who've been, who are in Turkey, you know the Turkish families that we've really gotten to know over the last four years and make sure everyone's okay, you know, former teammates, things like that. Deebs, what is the, we, we get a picture here, right? You know, you see the, the cable news or the evening news and the, you know, what's going on in Europe with the refugees and, yeah. you know, Turkey's obviously right 
in the thick of it. And, you know, these last incident, you know, the incident at the airport and, you know, this is a little different with this coup, but it's all kind of tied together. Um, what, what is, what is life like in Istanbul? I mean, what, for, for people who have no point of reference, you, you, yeah. you fly into Istanbul, you're going to go live there. What, what do you, what, what's, what's what do you have in no, store for you? It's, um, first of all, Istanbul is a huge city. I mean, I think it's like 15 million people. Okay. I mean, it's, it's massive. So, and it's very westernized. I mean, the um, there's, you know, you have the Asian side, you have the European side. It's right on the water. It's a very beautiful city, a lot of history there. And like I said, it's packed. So there's a lot of things to do there. And, and obviously, like you said, Turkey has kind of been in the middle of, of a lot of political and worldly events that have been happening. Um, but just your everyday life, I mean, like I said, Kate and I, we lived in Istanbul this last year and for in Izmir, which is, you know, on the eastern part of Turkey along the water again for the last three years. And I mean, everyday life, you don't, I guess you're not, maybe it's just because we've been living there for so long, but you're not aware or you don't, you're always aware of things that are going around you, but you don't necessarily like think like, oh, this happened today. I mean, when you hear about it, if you didn't read the news, I guess you wouldn't know about it. Mm-hmm. But I mean, these last two these last two events that happened in Turkey definitely were a little more serious than some of the things that uh, had gone on while we were actually in Turkey. So thankfully we were in the States at that time, but it's, I mean, we've, we've enjoyed living there. That's for sure. There's definitely uh, positives to, um, to living there. And there's also some negatives, but you know, it's like my wife always says, you know, you can't live in fear. And we've got, there's a lot of good things about the country of Turkey. It's a beautiful country. There's a it's a big country. And, uh, you know, it it kind of it is what it is. We've enjoyed it. We're uh, we're definitely aware of things that are going on around the country. So, so one of the things I'm really glad that Bo asked you that question about like culture and stuff because one of the things I've always wondered is what the basketball culture is like in these other countries that have these professional leagues. Mm-hmm. And in your opinion, how does that compare to maybe the basketball culture in the United States? How is it different? How does it change, you know, based on the situation? Yeah. Um, what's been your experience with that? Um, no, they, uh, they love basketball there. It's, um, it's right now Turkey is <laughs> it's crazy with everything that's kind of been going on. Turkey is, from a basketball standpoint, is probably one of the best places to be as far as just the, the, uh, the competition and the, the money that's being paid to people. Um, it's, there's a lot of people trying to go to Turkey. As you know, David Blatt <laughs> just signed in Turkey. Um, I mean, it's, uh, you have a lot of former NBA players. So it's, from a basketball standpoint, it's arguably probably the best place to be just as from a competition and, and, you know, financial standpoint, but the fans, right. I mean, these guys, I'm sorry, go ahead. there's no, no problem. There's the football. There is popular football's number one, I mean, or soccer, excuse me. So I've lived in Europe for a while. <laughs> God, that's beautiful. <laughs> Devin, Ohio, <laughs> called soccer football. That's awesome. You can tell I've lived in Europe for a while. No, soccer's, soccer's number one. And, uh, I mean, there's some big, some big soccer clubs with Fenerbahce and Galatasaray and, Besiktas, these are all, you know, some of these teams playing the Champions League, and it's, it's big. And uh, so those, those clubs obviously have a lot of support for basketball. And uh, it's, is, it, is it different in the stands? Like, uh, you know, with the fans and whatnot, do they have different types of cheers? Like, yeah, how no, is they're, the they're crazy. I mean, obviously some, some clubs have more support than others. The team I was on in Izmir for three years, the fans were awesome. I mean, they're <laughs> – 
they pack our 5,000 seat arena every game and they <laughs> chant the whole time. They're standing and chanting. There's never a downtime. Awesome. And the team I was on last year, um, Ephes is a bigger club. You know, they play because they have the Euro League, uh, which is the top league in all of Europe. It's the top league in the world outside of the NBA. It's where like your Barcelona, your Madrid, you know, Tel Aviv, those teams all play each other. And the team I was on last year, Ephes played in Euro League and, uh, they don't have a football, uh, soccer team. I almost said it again. They don't have a soccer team. So <laughs> they have some fans, but not as many as the teams that have soccer teams. So, but they're, hey, Deep, they're crazy Deep, over there. Steve's you signed with Galatasaray. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And that's one of the biggest clubs. I mean, that's one of the, they have yeah. one of the biggest soccer clubs and yeah. uh, Didier Drogba played there a couple of years ago. I mean, they are yeah. just a monster club. Um, and they're that, I remember talking to Scooney Penn about this a lot because I've always been fascinated by Europe and, and how it works and the clubs. And so you, from a basketball standpoint, you're matriculating now up the ladder. Am I, am I reading that correctly? And yeah. now this, like Galatasaray uh, yeah. would be like a, that's a Euro league team. That's they're yeah. in the mix. Yeah. The, um, I actually, the team I was on in Izmir, uh, for three years, we played in the Euro cup, which is one below Euro league. Okay. And then we actually won Turkish league my last year there and beat, you know, all the EuroLeague teams. And because right now Turkey has four EuroLeague teams. There's 16 teams in all of EuroLeague, and four of them are from Turkey. Wow. You have Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, mm-hmm. uh, Ephes, the team that I was on this past season, and Deshaun Thomas is going there next season. Wow. Um, is, your, is Turkey ready for Deshaun Thomas? Do they have any idea? <laughs> I think so. I think so. He's uh, he's a great player, man. He's going to do well I was going to say, he's is gonna any country well ever ready for Deshaun he's Thomas? He's going to do really well there. So, He's actually going there next season, so him and I will be neighbors and they'll oh, live cool. in the same place. But, uh, yeah, so Galatasaray will play EuroLeague next year, and I've just kind of worked my way up. I mean, that's kind of how you do it over there. You gotta, you definitely have to grind it out for a couple of years, and uh, when you play well, you get noticed, and when you win, you really get noticed. So I was very fortunate to uh, play on a team that won, and, you know, it's uh, kind of been going up, going up from there. Nice. They really are. So, they are wind-driven more than stat driven. I've heard Absolutely. that before, right? Like they're not so much worried about you dropping 30. They're worried about let's win. I mean, winning is oh, really what sure. matters. I mean, in state side, it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, guys put up numbers on bad teams, but that's not yeah. the way it is there. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I mean, you look at, when you look at like the EuroLeague teams, I mean, our leading score this past year averaged like 12 points a game. Right. Hmm. I mean, we had six guys average double figures, I think five or six guys. So I mean, that's just kind of how it is. You're on these really good teams. You know, we had my team this past season. We had some really good players. We had Dario Sarge, who's going to go play with Philly next season. Um, Derek Brown from Xavier, who played in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Alex Tyus from Florida. We had really good players. And, you know, you have to be consistent. You have to be efficient because it's not like on some of the other teams, you know, some of the smaller teams where, you know, the foreigners are – going to play 35 minutes a game and you're going to get 20 shots because it's not because <laughs> you're playing with really, really good players. <laughs> right. So ha- has there been like a big adjustment, like not just culturally, but also, you know, in terms of basketball, just getting, you know, in the last several years, getting on those teams and, and finding your place in yeah. a role no, on the for, roster? For sure. You know, I've, I've got, I always tell people I got an easy job. You know, a lot of people, <laughs> I got to make shots. <laughs> So everybody knows what I'm going to do. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I don't, I don't need the ball a lot. I'm just going to, you know, do my best, try and make as many shots as I can space the floor and, and play defense. So it's, uh, I've definitely improved. I've improved since I've been over here. 
Um, and every year I've gotten better. And, you know, it was definitely an adjustment period for my first year out of college because the game is different. Um, it's very physical, but you also have to be aware of the officiating because it can be tricky at times. So it's uh, I've gotten better. I've, you know, I think I've improved defensively a lot, and it's uh, it's helped me. I've enjoyed it. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely in a good place right now for my career. And, uh, you know, to be able to play EuroLeague for – the second year is going to be good for me. Debs, is there any uh, is the does the NBA still hang over you? Do you want to get in there and give it a, a go? Uh, uh, is it, do you chase it at all? I mean, I, a lot of people don't. They get over there, yeah. and they have a great life. I mean, I, I Honestly, sense that. Honestly, um, I'm kind of at a place where I'm just like you know, if it, if an opportunity arises, you know, I might I might look at it, but you know, I'm just I've I'm in a very good place over here, and uh, and right now, I mean, I'm still kind of stuck because the Houston Rockets own my rights, so I'm not a free agent. I see. So if I were to get an opportunity, it's only with one team. And, you know, it's a long year, so that's why I haven't played summer league in like four years because we're over there for 10 months and I need to rest a little bit. But, you know, one thing that I have going is that I'm playing in the best league outside of the NBA. So right. You know, I'll get noticed if I play well, and I have been playing well. So I think it just depends on an opportunity. And if an opportunity arises, then you know, I'll look at it. But that's not, it's not something that I'm pressing. Right. I'm not every summer like, you know, I'm going to go play summer league. I'm going to go because I'm just I'm in a good spot right now. I'm uh, able to provide for my family. And, uh, you know, I'm playing in the top league outside of the NBA. So I'm enjoying it. So there's been – you're in Columbus now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Currently, so there's been some talk uh, around the Ohio State basketball team, just with a lot of the turnover and transition. Uh, Thad Mata dropped some truth bombs a few days ago with regards to the roster. Good for him. And so he said, I think the exact, well, the rough quote was uh, that he they got rid of problems and they kept solutions. Um, <laughs> it's funny he actually told but, me that when I was in uh, talking to him when I first got back. And, <laughs> okay, so that, and that's what I want to know about. So. To me, because I've, I've seen Dad Mata in various forms for a while now, because I'm from southwestern Ohio, and I saw him, you know, when he was coaching Xavier and whatnot. Um, is, is that Thad Mata? Is that who that dude really is? I mean, is that the unvarnished, like, uh, this is what we got to do? You know, I think Coach Mata, he's always going to tell you, tell you how it is. Sometimes he might do it in a more polite manner. But, like, <laughs> I mean, obviously with my brother being on, on staff the last couple years. Um, right. I mean, I still – I've followed the program, talked to coaches throughout the year. I'll text with Coach Mata, you know, when Coach Bowles is here, Coach D, Coach Paulus, just throughout the year. Because, I mean, it's, I, love, I love the university. I want them to do well. But it's, um, they're going to be fine. It's, I'm happy for Coach. But I mean, I don't think he was – and he'll tell you, it's not that they're bad kids. They're not, they're not right. bad individuals. Everyone transferred. There's all, I mean, look at all the people that transferred this year. I, I forget. I think I was talking to Bobby Carpenter about this earlier in the year. Um, you know, look at the amount of kids that transferred. It just so happened that they all transferred at one time. Right. Yeah. I mean, what can you do? And you know what, Coach? Said it right. You know, some of you are leaving. You may not know yeah. it yet, but. <laughs> well, I, I just think I just think the bluntness. Of, I think people are so like surprised by like, oh crap, Bad Mata is like this, this is him laying down the law a little bit. And I don't know. I, I guess from an outsider's perspective, you're like, okay, this is definitely Thad Mata reasserting himself a little bit. 
on the team, but I also want to know, like, is this just maybe who he is all the time? I mean, maybe we just don't see that. <laughs> no, he's uh, – Coach Mata's fire. He's competitive, and yeah. and he wants to win. And, Bo, you've covered him for, <laughs> yeah. since he's been there. Right. Yeah. He wants to win, and he's going to do it the right way, and he wants people to do it the right way. He wants, he's going to recruit high-character guys who are going to do it his way and do it the Ohio State way. And if you're not going to, there's the door. It's simple. Yeah. It's yeah, simple. it is. To me, it was very – it reminded me of conversations I had with him off-air, taping his coach's show, <laughs> you know, when – you know. They when Tress got there, to you know that changed the way that they presented a coach yeah. at Ohio State. That changed Absolutely. it, and, and and Coach Mata followed in that. And there was a very senatorial approach, and that's the way the media mm-hmm. was handled. But behind closed doors is a very different fiery man. If you don't think that man cares about winning, then you don't know anything about Absolutely. basketball. Because and you know right. what? In Ohio State, it's a special place. And yeah. Coach Tressel was the same way. Coach Meyer, I guarantee you, is the same way. Yep. And there's a certain way that you know. We as student athletes need to carry ourselves, all of us. And again, it's not—it's not these kids who left aren't bad. I got to know these guys; they're great yeah. guys. They're great guys. And sometimes it doesn't work out. You know, sometimes you think you're in the right situation. And you know, you know what? This isn't right fit for me. It's not a problem. That's you have the choice. Like you have a choice to pick your college. You have a choice to leave if you want to. You know, John, the other thing that's interesting about it, I think back to that team you had your senior year, which was the best team I covered at Ohio State. I thought you guys were the best team in the country that year. I think most people did. You were undone, I think, a little bit by your region. I know you'd never make excuses, but your region had like 18 Final Four teams in it. I mean, it was a ridiculous region your senior year. And you guys lose to Kentucky. Think. We still talk about that. We still yeah, I mean, that was the best team I covered at Ohio State. I mean, I know they had teams the, the next year they went to the Final Four, but that team had everything. And I yeah. think back to your six deep. And it's Kraft and you and Billy Buford and Lighty and Lauderdale and Sullinger. And what do all those kids have in common, right? I mean, those are all Ohio kids. Yeah. And, and there was some, and I think, you know, the only thing I would say from with, with the Ohio State basketball program over the last couple of years is, and I, I've talked to even Coach about this, that when you grow up in Ohio, you know what it means to put on that jersey. It's yeah. different for you. And I think that. I think he recognizes that too, and I, I hope that's part of this, and I think it will be, because if you think about what this program was built on under him, the bedrock of it was Ohio yeah. and Ohio basketball, and Ohio basketball yeah. can hold up with anybody, and I hope they get back to that. No, absolutely, and I think, I think they're definitely starting to get back to that, and you know, just, it just so happened when I was in high school and the years after me, we had, we had some great players come through Ohio at the time. Yep. I mean, we had some very, very talented players who were some of the top players in their class in the country. And you're right, you know, there is a certain sense of pride. You know, a lot of guys growing up in Ohio, majority of them are Buckeye fans. And, you know, I think uh, it's, it's hard because I just, I think, you know, nowadays everyone wants to be the next one and done. Everyone wants to, you know, be that guy when they come in as a freshman. And, you know, it's, it's tough to do that. It's very tough. It's almost like, you know, look at Evan Turner. Evan just signed a four-year, $70 million deal. A guy was in college for three years. Like, it's right. not, like, good for him. Look at Denzel Valentine. Played at Michigan State. Guy was in school for four years. He was a top 20 pick. And I think now it's just people have, whether it's parents, friends, the media, people just in their ears about, oh, if you don't do well your freshman year, then you're not, you're not going to amount to anything. And that's not true. If you want to be good at something, you'll put in the time to work at it, and you'll be good at it. If you want to be good at basketball, 
you'll put the time in to be good at it. It's and those uncles, man. Those uncles and AAU guys, man. <laughs> I mean, those guys, yeah. are, that's it's, their trouble. It's tough. And, you know, I don't know with the guys that transferred, whether someone said, you know, hey, you should have been playing more this year. I don't know what it is. But, you know, it's you got to put in the time. It's It's hard to – there's only so few people, Ben Simmons out there who can mm-hmm. have an amazing year and be the number one pick. Brandon Ingram, you know, it's just, it's just not reality for everyone to do that. So, you know, I think the coaches, I'm, I'm not worried about it. I've been, I go in there every day. Everyone's working hard, and, and I think that's the main thing. You just got to have guys who want to be here, who want to work hard, whether they're here or not. You have to want to work hard, and you know, the coaches only get so much time with these players in the off season. I know people are saying, well. You know, coach has to develop this. Like, no, because right. in the off season, it's not about coach. They get what two hours a week to practice. Right. I think that's the rule. So I know when I was in school, like we were playing open gym every single day. Right. Every day we played. You had to tell us like you guys need to get off the court and go home and rest, because we had we had Scooney Penn, George Reese, Terrence Dials, JJ Stollinger. We had everybody coming in and playing with us. Greg, when they would come back, we had. We'd have almost 20 guys playing open gym. And I think now it's just getting that fire back. And, you know, this is Ohio State, and we got to take pride in, in being at this university. And I think we're getting that. And, you know, last year wasn't the best year. It happens. But Coach Mott is still the most successful coach in the Big Ten win percentage. You know? He's the best coach so, in the history of Ohio State, Dave. So, so who do you think? You know. Yeah, well – Right, and that and that's the thing that always amazes me. Like sometimes people talk down on, on that mod. I'm like, this, like, no, it's, he's he's incredible. Like there, there's really no comparison to coaching wise. Anybody, and I'm so much in debt to that guy for what he's done for my career, for my, for just me as an adult, turning me into a man. He got me prepared for life, and I mean he's the best. He's the best, and there's no. There's no other way around it. He hires the best. He wants the high character guys, and he's gonna he's gonna get them, and they're gonna do well. They're gonna do well. Yeah. So who do you see this year then being one of those grinders who's really gonna put in the work and kind of maybe step up and be a leader? No, I think I think there's there's a lot of them that can, and they've they've been working hard from what I've seen in the off season, and and I think uh, you know like I said, just talking to the coaches in the summer and seeing these guys work out, I think they're all a little disappointed with with how the season ended. And I mean. I was in the NIT my first year, so, but I know that that motivated us, and we had the best offseason of my four years after that NIT year. I mean, we got to work, and I think these guys are doing that, and, you know, obviously we were, you know, we had very good players, but, but we went at it. We made each other better, and we weren't afraid to, to go up against each other in practice, and I think these guys, you know, with Jaquan, you know, running the point, he can be a leader. And you got a senior in Mark Loving, and I think getting Jay Sean healthy will help. So, and you got Kata, Kata and Cam who've really improved. So they're they're going to be tough. Yeah, it's you know you, when you were talking about that, I, the way I think of it is in in the time I was there, and I won't pretend that I know the history of Ohio State basketball by the back of my hand, but I got a pretty good handle on it. And <laughs> I, I felt like he created a culture really. And um, when I see you guys and what he does, like in the off season, you know, he's not a flashy guy. You don't see Thad you know, out and about, but I see what you guys did with, you know, like a kid again and the stuff that you did that nobody knew about. And John, when my mom was um, with cancer at the James, I remember running into you guys. I mean, no media was called. Nobody knew about it. Yeah. And, and you guys were up there and that's the type, that's who that is. Um, Absolutely. 100%. 100%. And I, it's more than just winning, you know, and he does plenty of that. 
No, he he does his fair share of winning. But no, he's honestly he's about he, and he'll tell you all the time. He's like, I'm gonna get you prepared for life after basketball, because basketball you're only gonna play basketball for so long. I've just finished my fifth year, and if I can play another five years, I'm if I have a ten year career, that's it for me. I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. And I've got my degree from an amazing university. And coach, like the, you can tell by what he's created at Ohio State because every like 90% of the guys come back and live in Columbus when they're done in the offseason. I mean, look at all the guys who, who played for him. Look at the guys who, who haven't played for coach who were here before coach Mata. And he has a cookout at his house every summer and all the former players come and he invites all of them. doesn't matter where they played for O'Brien or Gary Williams. It doesn't matter. He invites everyone and he's just, he's, he's developed that family atmosphere. And like I said, we, everyone comes back in the off season. We have guys who haven't even played at Ohio State who live in Columbus, and he welcomes them with open arms into open gym. It's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it really is. Yeah, I got some quick hitters for you, buddy. Hey, you're going to play 10 years. What, what is the uh, – you're at the age now, right, pal? We're all aging. Get, what, what's old. the next step for you? What, what, is the, what is the next window for you, Debs? Uh, I would love to get into coaching. I tell Coach Mount all the time he's – I've told him that since college. I mean, it's it's in my blood. <laughs> my brothers did it. My dad did it. I mean, I would love to. I would love to stay in college coaching and some, or just get my foot in somewhere in college coaching because I just, I I had such an amazing college experience. I loved playing there. You know, I've got some brothers for life who I played with. I met my wife in college. I mean, college was one of the best times of my life. So that's just such an important step in my life. That's where I want to be to help other people. So I would love to coaching college someday but we'll see <laughs> all right number two 15 years from now who's bigger in columbus you or your wife who i do think could be a news anchor <laughs> at My any wife. of the channels Very, yeah i think so um, that's the correct answer yeah for sure and, and how much of that is because she was an intern of mine i mean honestly what are we talking about here we both you're pretty, the man pretty, you're the well, man pretty, she, listen john deaver said it, it. interning for you guys and <laughs> I mean, she was she, awesome he's my better half so i can't i can't there's no denying that she's the boss. She uh, she takes care of me, so I can't I can't deny that. Okay, number next number three for you. If um, there's no way that that Evan Turner or Mike Connolly allow anybody else to pick up a tab, right? Like when you guys are together, <laughs> you know like what? They're picking up the tab, right? At this point, they would listen. Listen, these guys would give you the shirt off their back, but I know we have guys around who would be like, "Look, you're not getting this." Let one of us take it because they yeah. took care of us, you know, when some yeah. of us were grinding it out a little more. So time for right. us to, to repay, to repay <laughs> them. But, man, those guys, I'm so happy for those guys. They deserve everything. That was everything. awesome. There's like $220 million in contracts with all those guys. That was incredible they stuff. They deserve every penny. And I'm looking they do. for Sully to, to get a nice contract next year after this, this coming up season. I'm sure it will happen. My last one that I have for you on the quick hitters is I have three boys. I would love any one of them to shoot it like you. What is something your dad taught you uh, about shooting that, that I can pass along to these little dudes? I'm seeing when these I contracts young, too, Deeps. When I was young, my dad never let me shoot threes. As much as I wanted to shoot threes, he always made me stay in close until I got old enough and strong enough, strong enough to shoot a normal shot from three-pointers. So he always worked on my form. He's like, you're going to shoot the correct way. You're going to stay in close. You're going to shoot the correct way. If you start backing up and you start shooting some crazy shot, you're not going to shoot it anymore. So until I got old enough and strong enough, he didn't let me shoot threes. There it is. You, who's going to argue with that, right? Yeah. I used to get mad at him. And sure you did. Help. 
it helped. I got a lot of reps up in during his practices because I was supposed to be uh, – I was a manager and I was supposed to be doing my job, but I just usually <laughs> shot on the sideline and got yelled at. So he, uh, it paid off now, but I got a lot of extra reps up when I shouldn't have. Deeb, do you have any camps or anything in town this summer? I just had one. I just had okay. one on uh, – it was the 5th of July through okay. the 8th. It was our second year we had one, and we're going to do it again next year. Awesome. Awesome. Well, the best uh, to you and your lovely bride, and uh, it's always good catching up with you, and we're glad you're safe and sound, and, and be careful over there, will you, bud? Uh, we will. We appreciate it. It was good to talk to you guys. Great talking to you too, man. All right. You guys take care. Thanks, bud. You too. We'll see you. All right. The transition now for basketball to football and the news that broke on Monday that Briante Dunn is done at Ohio State, violation of team yeah. rules, and so the running back room gets much thinner. You know, from an on-field, I don't, you know, anytime you see violation of team rules, you can read between the lines on something like that. Briante's obviously a guy who's been in and out of the doghouse for the majority of his time at Ohio State. It was a guy who, when he came in, I think we all assumed that he could, would be this big, bruising Beanie Wells. I remember hearing that a lot. Beanie Wells type back. It just never happened for him. You know, there, there weren't even that many flashes, really. I, and I, I'm not trying to beat up on him. I'm just saying, from a football perspective, uh, I'm not sure that this is quite a, as big a loss as as I think maybe some on the outside think. I mean, I think the idea is is, is that Mike Weber uh, is the guy and that they were making this kind of a co-running back to maybe motivate Mike and keep him on the straight and narrow, not that Mike needed it. Um, the only thing that's interesting to me, buddy, is the idea of depth, and that's where it gets a little dicey. And I'm wondering if we're going to see um, a little bit of uh, Samuel back there, Dontre Wilson back there, um, they don't necessarily have to be full-time running backs. I mean, but it's just guys getting carries, and I think you'll see a lot of those. It'll be Weber, it'll be Samuel, it'll be uh, Wilson. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you on the part about Dunn, maybe not necessarily living up to his hype or potential. Um, I, he was kind of posited as like the Beanie Wells heir apparent, uh, but I think I think maybe the die was cast for him a little bit when you started to see Zeke Elliott and some of the other guys emerge maybe. And, like, not necessarily Ezekiel, but just in general, the fact that he didn't really work his way up the depth chart. Yeah. And Curtis Samuel is really the guy who's, like, taking, you know, the wrap-up carries and other things like that. I don't know that spelled a lot of right things for, for Dunn. So depth could be an issue. I think Samuel will be fine as any kind of backup. I mean, I, I think he can slide back into that role pretty ably, so I'm not too worried about that. But... Yeah, it's a lot of it's on Weber now, and, and we're really going to see what that kid can do this year because there's going to be a lot of he's going to get a lot of carries. Yeah, I think when you think about the way this, I, I'm so fascinated to see what this offense is going to look like because there's all of yeah. this young, wild talent, right? But it's very little of it is proven outside of your quarterback, and so the rest of these guys are going to have to fit in. I mean, I I keep thinking of all those kids that left, and I just wish Jalen Marshall would have came back. Uh, because I really think he would have been. He, he might be wishing that at some point. He might have too, yeah, depending on how this NFL thing works out. I mean, I understand why you go. You feel like you want to leave with your class and so forth. But, boy, I mean, if he were back, that would be a guy that you could say, okay, playmaker. And um, right. it's going to be a lot of youth. You know, now Dontre is certainly not youthful. He's been around a lot. It's time for him to realize his full potential. Curtis, we've seen the flashes, certainly. And then Mike. And I think those three guys will get the majority. Now, when I say, And also, when I say – you know, Dontre and we talk about Kurt, they don't necessarily have to line up at tailback next to JT Barrett. Sure. I mean, you can get the carries in a lot of different ways. They get, they run that jet sweep all the time. And I think those guys will do a lot, but Mike, I mean, really in terms of a guy who really we've seen next to nothing of Mike Weber is going to have a pretty big 
bullseye, right? I mean, he, yeah. you know, oh, this absolutely. Is a well, big, there's not even also, go ahead. Yeah. In addition to that, though, I think it puts even more pressure on JT Barrett, though, right? Like, because it's not just the fact that it's going to be Mike Weber as starting running back. It's going to be JT Barrett maybe bailing him out if he's not getting short yardage, you know, things like that, where they, they put a lot more on JT Barrett's legs to try to get those kind of rushing yards, which he's capable of doing. I, I think JT Barrett is an incredibly underrated uh, rusher, but um, yeah, I, I just think it's this is going to be a very interesting season just to see where his leadership kind of ends up coming from and how much of it is really his team. Because for in my opinion, like this is going to be like his time to shine. Because of all the stuff that we've heard about his leadership capabilities and all that other stuff, this is where it, you know the proof is in the pudding. This is where it really, really becomes real for him. It's his team, his direction, 100%. And I, I'm actually really excited about that. I think JT Barrett's really capable of doing some cool things with this, this team. Of all this the off. things that I'm worried about with Ohio State football, JT Barrett is about 110 billionth on the list. Yeah. Like, to me, right. phenomenal leader, great, great player, smart player, they will follow him uh, to be to him to be a captain a year ago and to be a captain again. And um, well, I mean, to me, like they could put anything on that kid and he'll be fine. I, I think the only part that makes me a little nervous and you brought something up there that I think they have to be very, very careful of. And, and that is the amount of hits that he takes in the run game. Right. Um, you, you cannot lose him. Because that derails everything, in my opinion. The drop-off now, you know, we were so blessed to go from Braxton Miller gets hurt to JT Barrett to Cardell Jones. Like, and even, even Kenny Guyton. And even, even Kenny. Kenny Guyton That's great. Yeah, even Smooth G. I mean, to, to have all of that and then and, and have that embarrassment of riches. And then behind JT now, we have a lot of talented youth. But it's yeah. youth. And we haven't seen him do anything. And so JT can't get hurt. And, and the other thing I think that they kind of – I don't know, oh, maybe isn't the right word, but I think one thing that, that I hope they really allow for JT to do is to throw the football because he's gifted yes. there. I don't want to see last year what we saw, for example, in the Penn State game where he just ran it 155 times. Like uh, th- That kid needs to throw the football. I would love to see an offense similar to the one when he finished fifth in the Heisman. I mean, that that's what I hope we see out of Ohio State. And they've got all of this speed all over the place. Mike Weber is going to have to carry a lot of the load, obviously, and he's got a lot of pressure. But with JT there, and I think they can throw it. I think there's so much talent on the outside. It's young, again. Um, and, the, you know, Oklahoma is going to be tough week, the third game in. But I still think that the makeup's good. The Briante Dunn thing, it hurts the depth, but that's about it. He never figured to me, Johnny, as someone who was going to be a big contributor to this football team. Just there was no, in your yeah, words, no proof I mean, in the pudding that that was going to play out. Right. I mean, that's that's basically my take on it, too. I don't, I'm not super concerned about it, but I do think it maybe calls into focus or, or shows the type of concerns the team might have overall this year. I mean, depth could eventually mm-hmm. be an issue, especially at a couple of positions. The one thing that I'm really kind of concerned about, I, the way you beat this Ohio State team is to hope that they get real tentative and then shut down the rushing game. Yep. And Because that's exactly what happened at Michigan State. That's what happened at Michigan State the time before that. Like, if they are not playing to their playmakers, if they are not playing with confidence that their playmakers can make plays, that they can actually throw the ball more than 15 yards down the field, they don't have that confidence, the team's just key on the rushing game, and then you can shut it down. It's possible to do that. So I 100% agree with you. They need to allow JT Barrett to be a quarterback, to air out the football a little bit, 
to prove to other people that he doesn't have the weenie arm that, ever, that apparently some people think he might have. Mm-hmm. Like, it's important for him to be a quarterback. And, and for me, one of the biggest failures of last season was not really acknowledging that from the start because he is a quarterback. He's an incredibly capable quarterback, and hopefully they've spent the offseason – you know, working with that end in mind. I'm not saying you take away the run aspect of the game because that's incredibly important, especially in this type of offense, but he has to be able to throw it, and they have to have the confidence to let him do it. I mean, I think all you have to do is look at tape from yeah. his first year. Just do that. Simple as that. You know, do do run the offense the way that Tom orchestrated it that year uh, when JT was in there, and you saw that was probably the most perfect mix of coordinator and quarterback that I'd ever yes. seen. And I say that acknowledging that we had Braxton Miller for the time that we did. Um, but, but I've never seen a quarterback and a coach so in sync with what they were doing as JT and Tom. And the shame of it was, right. is we didn't get to see that, you know, any other than just that year. And then, you know, that, that was the end of the road. And I don't blame, you know, Tom's got a, had a great opportunity and the rest is history, but boy, um, that kid, that to me, he stays healthy. He throws the football. If he can throw the football 35 times a game, I'm for that. Like, I hope he does. Yeah. I mean, I think that they can really, really make a lot of hay that way. Um, Mike Weber's got to stay healthy, too. And then, you know, it's that, that's kind of the way it'll go, I think. I think it'll be that way. But I don't think they'll have any trouble. Depth is about the only concern I have there. Um, yeah. You know, the other thing I wanted to bring up, a couple other quick hitters here as we wrap it up. Uh, nice, nice hire by us. Andrew Lynn coming over to handle all our recruiting. Did I? Yeah. That would, that's nice. It's funny. I don't know Andrew personally, but all I know of him is the guy who breaks like every Ohio State uniform story, right? Doesn't it seem like he <laughs> yeah. tweets that out like every. It's amazing. Like he's got a. It's not, it's not a bad thing to have that guy in our corner. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I enjoy that <laughs> quite a bit. And the thing is, like. I really like him. We were talking with him on Slack a little bit uh, today. He's a really cool guy. But the one thing I'm a little scared about with him is that he does not enjoy crying Jordan. And I don't know. I mean, <laughs> is that a good culture fit? Like, if you can't, if you if you're not thinking, if you don't look at every single sporting event and think, how can I put can crying I Jordan in? somewhere in here? That I don't know that you can work at Eleven Warriors. That's a little difficult. <laughs> He'll, we got to work on that he, with him. He will do a great job for us in recruiting, obviously, yeah, as well. So that, awesome. that's a good ad for us. Uh, we like to bump our puff our chests out when we can. Um, the other thing that I thought was really cool that just happened the last couple of days was Nate Ebner making the Olympic team in rugby. Yes. Um, yes. And so glad you brought that his up. His story is one of the most fascinating that I ever saw um, in my times. I, I, I've never – a guy who didn't play high school football, who walks on at Ohio State, who is drafted by the New England Patriots, right. and then not only is drafted but makes a name for himself and makes a living and stays on the roster and then decides, you know what, I'm going to go back to my roots and play rugby and make the Olympics. I mean, that is a well, – that's a script, it's, man. It's rugby sevens too, right? right. Like there are, there are not a lot of people on these teams. Right. Like he didn't just like, well, he's an NFL player, but he's good – this guy earned his way on yeah. through a really rigorous, you know, vetting process and, and, and the cuts and all that. Like I, I'm extremely impressed uh, with what he's been able to do. I really love rugby as a sport in general. Um, I've got a lot of friends it's from New crazy, Zealand. Right? They, oh my God. It's nuts. The people who play it, you think NFL linebackers and defensive linemen are monsters. Like you should see some of the dudes who play like the big time rugby. I mean, those guys are terrifying, like absolutely terrifying. Google Jonah Lomu. Oh man! Do that for those of you listening. Go to YouTube and type in Jonah Lomu and and they've got and they've got like the haka with the all blacks. Yeah, those guys are great. Yeah. Oh my God! And I I love the fact you know some people didn't even really get a chance to see it 
with Hawaii this year or this past season, but just in general, like I love the culture around it. Um, they're just huge freaking dudes, uh, just beating the crap out of each other all up and down the field. It's not, it's not football. There aren't plays necessarily, but it's just, it's a cool sport to watch. Um, I'm definitely going to be rooting for the dude. Uh, with the Eagles, I think is is our official American team name. Is that us? We're the Eagles. I believe okay. so. I mean, Makes it's sense. kind of predictable, right? I don't. Right. I don't know. <laughs> there, there's some. Just a shot in the dark, but yeah. I, I, mean, what, I mean, so it'll be us, and it'll be. I, I wonder how seriously New Zealand takes it. They obviously take the World Cup very seriously. I would think they'd be the favorites. Yeah. Australia. They're the sock. Or they're the. Uh, well, they have the kangaroos. I can't. What the heck is their name? Are they just the roos? Maybe. I think so. Yeah, like I know the Springboks the, are South Africa. Right, that's South Africa. Right. Those are really the only ones that I can identify off the top of my head, yeah, I think. Yeah, and then usually France is pretty good, and they usually have right. some terrifying human beings on their squad. So yeah. it, it's just a really cool story, and um, I, I think it's just a great – it's kind of a, a cool way of how somebody's – what an interesting life, right? Like to go – Oh, yeah, no kidding. Path, I mean – Win a Super Bowl, like Hilliard-Davidson – it's just a crazy path that he took, and to get to that point of realizing two dreams of being a Super Bowl champion and then to also be now an Olympian in a sport that you're, was really your first love, it's, it's pretty yeah. remarkable, to say the least. Well, and not only that, but like rugby is not a sport that I think maybe a lot of people are aware of, but it's definitely growing in popularity. Yeah. I mean, we, you talk about like the Ohio Aviators, you know, like you got some more, like you got a, there's pro rugby coming, USA. I mean, it's, this is something that I think is getting a little more popular in part because it's maybe, you know, seen as an alternative to football in some ways. But um, I, I think it's cool as heck. I think everybody should check it out. I think it's awesome. All right. That's about I have to go watch Scott Bayo talk at the RNC so, <laughs> or Antonio Sabato Jr. Right. I guess they're speaking tonight up here. So I got to, you know, I got the, we're, we're taping this on a Monday. So, we, you know, I got I got busy things to do, Johnny. Yeah, you definitely need to check that out. Um, but <laughs> I will say yeah, it's been thanks. great. It's been really well organized up here. So I know there's a lot of trepidation, but it's, uh, there's a ton yeah. of security. And it's, uh, it, I was down there doing a radio show with uh, former Buckeye Dustin Fox today for five hours on 92.3 and um, was down there most of the day, and it was no big deal. I, I thought, you know, because Columbus was up for one yep. of the conventions, any Democratic convention. That's right. I was, man, that would be really cool. And then I was like, no, it wouldn't be horrible. <laughs> yeah. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Whatsoever. Yeah, we got a long and that's way. That's not a, like a party affiliation no, thing. No. I just mean in general. Like that sounds horrible. Yeah, we've got we've got to get through Thursday. So hopefully, yeah. you know, we got a few more days and everybody can be safe and sound and we can get through another few days. But day one was was pretty good up here to say the least. Well, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad everything's going well and everybody's staying safe. And yeah. anything and else from you or your parents' dog? Do we want to? Is he doing all right? Buckeye's doing all right. Uh, he's uh, he's just chilling here, probably looking for more food. I don't know. He's sitting here. I, I'm really. I think we're pretty lucky that he hasn't like just gone off and started to bray and, and whine this entire time. <laughs> that is basically his mo. But well, that's good. I'll be bringing him back up. I'm in Middletown right now. There you go. Um, I, you know what? Not a lot of Pokemon Go stations in Middletown, Ohio. Surprisingly enough, I'm a little disappointed. You're still so. into it. See, I didn't. Eat, I could. I could. I couldn't <laughs> do it. I bailed on. It. I missed out on a lick of tongue. Today, okay. I'm really I don't know what that means, but good luck That's with okay. that in 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 Middletown, buddy. Uh, we want we want to thank our good buddy John Diebler. It was yes. good of him to come on on short notice, and with the and events in Turkey, I really, was really just curious about what life's like there, and you know his yeah. trepidation. And I'll be interested. You know, it sounds like they're going back. His wife Kate's 
great girl, great Ohio girl. By the way, if you don't know who she is, if you go to YouTube and watch Evan Turner's game-winning shot against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, you will see that she is the beautiful blonde girl cheerleader for Ohio State who goes nuts. She's nice. the person the camera gravitates to. So they're a great, great couple and, um, and good friends. And so that was nice of him to come on on short notice. We do appreciate it, buddy. Anything else out of you? No, I think that's it. That's a wrap. He's Johnny. I'm Bo. Have a day, kids. Peace.